Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from Northeast Pennsylvania, it's the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast with Nick Hart, the best place to break the ice with your favorite players. Today's guest, Penguins forward, Jonathan Gruden. Actor and comedian, Eddie Murphy. Plus all new Penn's picks, semantics, and the questions from the previous episode's guests. So let's get to it. Without further ado, please give a warm welcome to our host, the K-Dot Hurdle Champion of the World, Nick Hart! And gentlemen, oh my goodness, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. I am Nick Hart. I'm so geeked for the show that we have lined up for you guys today. Penguins forward Jonathan Gruden is here. Yeah, yeah, overdue. I agree, overdue. Also later on, I hope we have some fans of comedy in the house. We have legend of silver screen and television, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. We're returning to the new segment that we introduced in the last episode of our podcast. We're also bringing back some old familiar favorites that you Penguins fans may have missed out on the last time around. So I see no reason to waste any more of your time. Let's jump right into it here with our first guest of this episode of the Penguins podcast, Jonathan Gruden with me here. Grudes, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk to us here. Really appreciate it. No, this is awesome. Thank you for having me. Uh, this has been an, an overdue podcast appearance uh, for you here. Your your third season with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Took and that long? Three? Uh, three seasons. Wow. That's how long it took. Well, wow. here's the caveat <laughs> is that your first season, that uh, pandemic short yeah. 2020-21 season, mm-hmm. we weren't doing anything like this. It was frowned upon to lock two people in a room like we are right now. Crazy world. So that sets you back. Last year, we didn't get to you. Hope you weren't offended. No, all good. But now we get you here on the Penguins podcast. Uh, Groots, I'll start uh, just by asking, you know, how uh, the start to the season has felt for you here. I know, you know, you started on the shelf here with an injury in training camp, and I know it was just killing you not to be out there on opening night. But now that you've been able to get healthy and get back into the groove of things, how, how does everything feel in Jonathan Gruden's world? I feel really good now. I mean, obviously, like you said, during training camp, getting hurt isn't really ideal working hard all summer for that and uh, missing you know most of camp and then preseason and started the season uh, I hated it I couldn't stand <laughs> I believe it watching it. watching the guys play just want to be out there with them but um, healthy now feel good and um, good start to the season uh, we had and you know kind of slowed off here last couple of games but we'll uh, bounce back yeah still a, a long long road to go and, and with that in mind when it comes to you know getting banged up there's never a good time to get an injury but you mentioned like hey all that work I put in in the summer to get ready for training camp leave an impression in Pittsburgh and then just poof gone I imagine you just got to be like you got to be kidding me like are you serious yeah I know I I've been pretty fortunate though knock on wood at the end of last uh, yeah last couple years um here but obviously it's like you said it's never a good time to get hurt no. so um, if you look at it, I've only I only missed two games. So I guess maybe one with the game of Utica being shut down. But that yeah yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean you gotta look at the positive whenever you can. But I mean I feel good right now, so it's gotta keep going. And this being as we mentioned before, your third season now as a pro, all here with the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins. Now that you've been able to get back into the lineup, we see uh flying around out there like we're always used to seeing out there throwing your weight around scored a big goal for the penguins in that third period comeback in hershey always one of the first guys over the boards for the penalty kill 
So you've definitely found yourself a role here with this team in the previous two years. But now that we are in year three, even though we see you doing a lot of the things from previous seasons, does anything feel different to you so far this year? I think it's just more confidence. Like like you said, my third year here, you kind of build more confidence as uh, as you play more games and you get more trust from coach. But um, like you said, you know, Pendleton has been a big role in the last couple of years here. And uh, just I want to evolve my game anywhere I can, you know, trying to be more more dynamic, more um, – you know, a threat to score in an offense situation. So, um, you know, you take pride in your defensive zone, but when you're in your zone, you want to score, and you always want to, you know, help the team however you can. Yeah, that's what you're always dreaming of when you're shooting pucks in the driveway at, like, eight years old. No one's thinking about blocking a shot on the penalty kill. They're important roles, you're but you're, you're thinking about scoring that goal in overtime, game baby. Seven, a Stanley Cup final, that's what you're thinking of. Right? Exactly, exactly. Where do you think you've made your biggest strides uh, so far in your pro career? I think it's just probably my on off ice habits, just you know being more dialed in nutritionally. You know how to be a pro, taking care of your body. It's a it's a long year, and I played college. I was thirty games. Played the OHL, shortened season with COVID. Yeah. So last year is probably my first year playing seventy six games at a really high level. So there's a lot of things that go into that. You know, travel and you know sleep, making sure you're taking care of your body. So I've I've been really fortunate the last couple of years. Have a lot of good veterans to lean on. So. Yeah. Um, you know, that's probably one thing that uh, I've taken pride in. When you talk about dialing in that stuff off the ice, was there uh, someone in specific, one of those veterans who told you, like, hey, if you're going to want to make it to the next level, you need to be able to do A, B, C, D, or was it something that you realized on your own, like, oh, I might be hitting a wall here or I need to really focus in on this? Which one of it kind of made that like I can't really off? pinpoint one guy because we've had so many good pros the last couple of years. My yeah. first year was Kevin Churchman. He was really good. <sighs> The best. And, yeah, he's 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 awesome. And then um last two years I've had Fed Taylor Fadoon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Barkowski last year, mm -hmm. Jamie Devane. So I've been really lucky just to lean on those guys, just you know, not even just ask them, just seeing what they do you know, in the gym before practice, after practice. Um, you know, it it, it can take a toll on your body no matter how old you are, so you wanna, you know, make sure you're feeling good every day. I always have to like remind myself that not everybody here has played with Tom Kostopoulos. You've been coached by him as, yeah. a, as a development coach, but for, for the longest time, guys would always cite TK as that guy who was the influence because you want to talk about a guy who was on his P's and Q's nutritionally, recovery, things like that. It was him. It's why he was able to play for so long. And you were naming those guys, and as you're talking about I'm like, oh, yeah, his first season was way after TK retired. So it's, it's just funny how much I have to remind myself, like, who's pre-TK, who's – after TK, it's nuts. But what have uh, conversations been like with him since he's been a development coach? He's been awesome. I, mean, I really lean on him a lot the last since I've been here. You know, he the way he played, and I've, I didn't really watch him, but I just heard stories on how hard he played. And, you know, he played in all all situations, just want to be, you know, hard to play against. But, you know, also, you know, help the team win by scoring some uh, some goals. So he's really helped me, you know, you know, at first couple of years just trying to play a good sound game and then yeah. the last two years I really learned lean on him to you know when you have those situations score you know in the slot you really want to bear down and you know lean on them so they can shoot the puck so you know don't want to dust it off there's not much time at pro hockey so <laughs> yeah. get it off as quick as you can because there's always guys coming at you but and then off the ice to lean on him a lot like I said earlier um, trying to dial it in that nutrition sleeping recovery all that stuff he's really been a, a good uh, teacher for me so you know I can't thank him enough has there been any uh, specific piece of advice that maybe not you've gotten from him, maybe from another coach that's really stuck with you? Anything you can share? I mean, it just kind of goes back to when I was growing up. Like, uh, always work hard, be a good teammate, and the rest will kind of just take care of itself. You know, it's pretty simple, but, um, 
you know, you got to work on your game on and off the ice, be a good teammate, and uh, it'll, it'll just happen. Sometimes it's the simple advice that exactly. hits the hardest, right? right? Yeah. Don't have to overcomplicate it. Nope. Yeah. And what, whatever stories you've heard about TK and how hard he played, I assure you, it was twice or three times as hard as oh, whatever yeah. you're thinking. I'm glad I didn't have to play against him. I'd probably take a couple whacks or a couple cross checks. So. It, it was, yeah, we're, we're certainly glad here in Northeast Pennsylvania that he was on our side exactly. uh, for a majority of his AHL yeah. career and not mm -hmm. as an opponent. Because I can tell you, talking to other broadcasters or guys who played for other teams, they were like, that Tom Kostopoulos is the worst. I hate that guy. And then we're like, no, he's the best dude ever. Fan favorite. I mean, he's, he still has the most. The jerseys at the rink, probably every game. A lot of 29 jerseys. You look up in the crowd, there's always mm -hmm. at least yeah, four to five 29s that you can just see in one section. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's awesome. That's that's leaving a legacy exactly. behind right there. Mm -hmm. uh, you talked about leaning on TK uh, for advice and, and mentorship and stuff like that, but you're also in a position where you are a coach's son. Your father, John Gruden, has coached uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs to an OHL championship, an assistant in the NHL right now. How much have you leaned on him uh, for advice throughout your career, or I should even say even now that you're, you've turned pro, um, I don't know how much you guys like to keep things separated, uh, conversations between father and son, and especially being in two different organizations, mm -hmm. but how much have you leaned on him? A lot. Yeah. I mean, especially at a young age. He was my coach growing up. Um, you know, as long as I can remember. And then when he started getting more serious with his coaching, he kind of leaned off a bit more because he, he doesn't have the time and the schedule didn't line up. But, um, you know, he's lean, I've leaned on him so much growing up. And um, it's a lot of just the same conversations that you'd have with a guy that like that doesn't really coach hockey. It's like, you know, when I was in school, it was like, you know, how was practice good, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then, then it was right to how was homework, you getting your school done, all that, all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, Dad. Yeah, I'm getting it done. I'm trying. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's been a huge, huge influence on me and I'm um, still to this day, I lean on him. He tries to, you know, watch as many games as he can. Obviously he's got a busy schedule. So, um, you know, I've leaned on him a lot. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got a, got a busy schedule in this, in this world of pro hockey. Cause I think what people don't realize sometimes is that, yeah, you guys will show up, you'll get warmed up, you'll go through a hard practice or something like that, a hard workout. And then even though your day's over, there is some, work that goes into all the stuff that we've been harping on already, nutrition, recovery. You don't want to just couch right. for the entire day afterwards. That's not good for your body. So there is it's not necessarily intensive work, but you got to make sure you're you're on top of your game or, you know, just focused on stuff like that. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. This is more for <laughs> more for the listeners out there that uh, you know, it, it does you still have a busy day right. even if you leave the rink at say 1 or 2 p.m. or something like that um, on a practice day. But I'll ask you as a guy who plays such a hard-nosed, rabid style on the ice, whenever you do leave the rink, what does Jonathan Gruden do to wind down? How do you spend that free time when you find it? So we try to golf as much as we can until the weather gets Are we teetering cold. on that line right now? Are guys uh, still going out? I think last night was the was the line where was we're the done. Off. Yeah. We so just got a, a snow dusting yeah. here in northeast Pennsylvania. That's mm -hmm. game over right there. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we'd be smart with it. We're obviously not golfing, you know close to game time but yeah oh yeah we have our fun in the course and we like to the banter a lot and we've been watching a couple movies too we got a couple group of guys that go to the movies probably once a week and you guys will go to the movies oh yeah it's beautiful that's what i like to hear mm -hmm. we've talked about that on this show before yeah, how much we, i'm like a i want to sit in my uncomfortable chair sit in front of the big screen and get as many snacks as possible well, we when we go to you can lean back so you get your like, oh you get the fancy out. ones yeah you oh. get the popcorn and you know it's 
it's nice going to a movie theater rather than just, you know, buying it on, you know, online or going to see Netflix. It just, it just hits different. I'm glad you're saying that, especially a young kid such as yourself, where I feel like a lot of people would be like, no, I can just watch it at home. Why would I bother going out? The movie theater experience is unrivaled. Right. And you're, you sit at your house enough during the day, so, you know, get out and yeah. see what else is out there. Right? I, I know it's not exactly, once again, physically intensive work yeah, going to the not, movies. Like, I'm going to sit in front of a screen at home. Why would I sit in front of a screen somewhere else? No, because it's a completely different yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. What's the last great movie you guys saw when you were out? So yesterday we saw Black Panther 2. How good? It was good. It was good. We saw that, like, the Thursday it came out. Yeah. We made a point, like, we got to wrap up all of our work. We got to completely zone in all day so that we can go see Wakanda forever. I was so impressed. I left the theater and I'm like, that is a top five MCU movie. Right. That may have been recency bias. I've since it might di- be. I've that's, dial- a, that's, a bold, di- that's a bold statement it, right there. Nick. It was very bold. I've since dialed that back a little bit, but I think it is comfortably top ten. Yeah. They it, did a masterful job. Unbelievable. And you you know, you don't really want to Compared to the first one, because you know it's different, different mm-hmm. parts. But it was the first one was so good, and I was a big fan. And I remember wa- I watched the first one in theaters too. I remember, I remember leaving the theater. I'm like, that was one of the best movies I've ever seen. So it's it's a tough movie to, tough follow, act to follow. But they did as best they probably could have done. Would T- you agree? Tough act to follow. You have been handicapped because your lead actor, your titular actor, the Black yeah. Panther, has tragically died in real life. Mm-hmm. How in the world are we going to handle this in addition to tying it into everything they want to do in the the Marvel Universe? Right. I think they made solid contact right off the bat. This thing's not even going into the third row. It was out of the park. It was Home unbelievable. Run. Yeah, I don't obviously want to spoil for everyone out there, but um, if you have a chance to go see it, I would definitely go see it. Definitely go see it. And theaters because some of the visuals in that movie too yeah. you're gonna lose that watching that on your, exactly. your tv at those home. ones you gotta go and see it at the movie theater i think absolutely absolutely so i'm glad to hear that you are a movies in theaters guy we have oh, a lot yeah. of movies in theaters fans in our front office i'm glad that bleeds over to the locker room you mentioned uh the golfing too i don't want to overlook this who's the best guy on the links who's got the crown it's sam hood really mm-hmm. he's a stick out there he can really swing him really he's smooth yeah He's good. I haven't golfed much with any other, like, the new guys. Just yeah, Just yeah. you know, there's not much time to golf in, in the beginning of the year. But, yeah, he's he's really good. Scratch. I don't think I've ever heard that. Scratch. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's legit. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think off the top of my head how many French guys I've heard before. I know, like, oh, this guy's an yeah. awesome golfer. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Who who all goes out? Uh, Le- Legere goes out. How's he? He's good. He can spank the ball. I was going to say, he probably yeah. just drives it. Yeah. He's like happy Gilmore. It's oh, all yeah. long ball oh, and then yeah. figure out how to chip he it in can, the hole after that. Can, exactly. That's that's the tough part is just, you know, when you're on the greens, just getting it closer. You don't want to be three-putting or oh. that's your – Just tap squ- it in. Exactly. Just tap it in. <laughs> a little tap, tap, tap Tap-a-roo. Yeah, so we, we got a good group of guys and – Hopefully, when the weather gets nice in the spring and we're winning some games, we can go uh, go out more. Yes, I I know that is always a, a favorite when the the weather breaks in the second half of the year. It's not just when the season's over that these guys like to golf. Anytime they can hit the links, it's a nice escape to, to get out of the rink and seeing the other guys, you know, outside the outside the rink. So, but also keep it competitive. Big you ball. mentioned the chirps oh, are flying yeah. too. Oh, yeah. are, they, are they brutal? Ruthless? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say they're ruthless, but you know they can they can uh, it can get chippy out there. <laughs> There's some Especially the last couple of holes, maybe you know 
some money on the line. I don't know. And then they start to carry a little bit more, yeah, more sting exactly. to them. Exactly. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Jonathan Gruden with me here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. We'll have Eddie Murphy on in a little bit. But, uh, Grudes, we want to jump into things here. We know you're, you're a player who plays with conviction. But I want to know if you have opinions of certain conviction as well. We're bringing back a segment that we introduced two weeks ago on the last episode. So now, Jonathan Gruden, it is your turn to play semantics. What we do with this segment is we take a look at a uh, turn of phrase, a topic, an expression that I think has too vague a meaning. Something that people throw around all the time, talk about, but we haven't been able to actually nail down what it means. It creates confusion. Sometimes when people get confused, they get upset. I don't like when people are upset. I want there to be a hard definition for these things, and you are the man that is going to provide us with the definitive definition. You have a lot of power in your hands right now. Are you prepared for this? Yeah, I am. For example, last episode, we touched on the topic of elite, what it means to be elite. And we started to whittle down the definition, and now everyone who listened to uh, last episode knows what we have a little bit more of a hard-line definition of what elite is. I'm not going to ask you elite, Groots, but we're going to stay in the realm of sports here and talk about the term playoff run. What does it mean to have actually gone on a playoff run? What are the qualifications, the bars that need to be met or exceeded to say, oh, this team went on a playoff run? I give you the floor. So I think, you know, it's a whole new season, what they say, right? Okay, it's, yeah. It's totally different than the regular season, different Different style of play, you know. Refs maybe pull the put the whistles out oh, a yes, little more. We see that, which is which is fine. <laughs> um, I don't mind that, but uh, it's I think it's when you go on a playoff run, you you just hit the ground running, and you're just almost like a whole new team from the from the regular season. And there's a lot of different variables that go in there, health wise. You know, guys, maybe in the AHL, there's guys getting called up to the NHL. Oh yeah, and there's always all, the extra wrinkle there. Right, there's all certain variables that go into it, but I think it's just a team that just. Hits the ground running, doesn't look back. Now, let me ask you this. A championship run is defined insofar as you have to win the championship. You have to go on a run that results in a title. But a playoff run is a little bit more ambiguous. Is there a certain amount of rounds that you need to win before you say blank team went on a playoff run? Is just qualifying for the playoffs enough? No. I think, okay. And I don't even think winning a round is enough. One round is not enough no, for a playoff run. No, that's a playoff. I'd say just stint. I don't. That's the right word. That's a playoff appearance. Exactly. That's okay. Just poking the head and, and poking the head in the door and leaving. I think if you're going to playoff run, you got to go to the conference finals. Conference finals minimum. Yeah, minimum. To qualify as oh, this team went on a playoff run. I think it's different if you're a team that wasn't expected to go on a run and you go to the conference finals. I think they say oh, this team had a good run. Yeah. Good playoff run. I think if you're expecting to be there at the end, I think you have to go to the finals. Whoa, so are you even so, throwing out yeah. pre-playoff expectations? Right. Oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting this wrinkle. Yeah, okay, I mean, so if you're the number one overall seed, we'll stick with hockey just for the sake of, you know, yeah. so it makes sense for our walnut brains. You've got President's Trophy winning team. They're the number one seed, best team in the league. 
if they get bounced in the conference final, they did not go on a playoff run. I'm going to backtrack a bit. I think okay. hockey's hockey's maybe the only sport where, where you'd be forgiving. Right, yeah. Okay. Because there's so many different teams and the league's so good nowadays where anyone can beat anyone on any given night. Okay. Basketball is getting there. A couple years ago, if you're first seed and you don't go to the final, then that's – you choked. Yeah, you choked. Right. Not only like you didn't go on a run, not only you were upset, it was like you straight up stink. Yeah. Which is – a little dramatic I in know, my case, but that's how people yeah, I know. evaluate the NBA. Yeah, so I think if you, for a playoff run, you need to go to the conference final. Conference final mm-hmm. minimum to be considered a playoff run. Right. I'm going to throw another curveball at you here, and this one might hit a little bit closer to home. I know you said that, hey, playoff run is where you hit the ground running in the postseason. It's a completely new season. But does any context from the regular season factor into what is a playoff run? And I will bring up the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins from last season. We were a team that did not reach the conference final, but were dead last in the league, middle of January, and had to put together one heck of a second half to just get into the playoffs, let alone have home ice advantage in the first round. Does any regular season context play into a team's playoff run? Yeah, I think if you're the last 15, 20 games, you're playing really good. Mm-hmm. I think, and you carry that into the playoffs, that has a, you know, that can help a lot. Uh huh. And it's also, a, you know, if you're playing, like last year we played Hershey first round and yep. we played them 12 times. In 12 the, times regular season, regular season, and you, you can even include some preseason if right, you feel like you don't. It. You don't want to lose to them first round. No. And I think that has something to do with it, too, just the history in the regular season, the history in general with those two franchises. So, yes, it can carry over from the regular season, and it does have a big impact. does have a big impact. So can you call, can we years from now reference, oh, yeah, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins playoff run of 2022 because of everything that happened before the playoffs even started? or because there was no conference finals met, or even said in hockey, there's a little bit of wiggle room, you can't necessarily say the playoff run. You have to say, like, we the playoff it. appearance or that year or something like that. Yeah. That great that great run they had at the end of the year, but it is not necessarily a playoff run. Right, I'd say it's a good run we had, second half for sure. It's like a fantastic said. run. Yeah, but we won one round and got swept second round, so I would not consider that a playoff run. That is not a playoff and run. And we want more for ourselves, too. So, yeah, it would not be a run. Smash the gavel, ladies and gentlemen. The the ruling has been made by Jonathan Gruden. There are clear hurdles that have to be met in order to be considered a playoff run. Just making it, that's not enough. Winning a round, like you said, that's just poking your head through the door. Exactly. you got to go deep Mm -hmm. to have a playoff run. Exactly. I like it. I like how you speak with conviction. Put the nail in the coffin. Put the hammer down on what it means to have a playoff run. That is what semantics is all about. I do want to quickly pivot back to something you said, how how badly you guys didn't want to lose to Hershey, how badly you guys wanted to beat them in that very short first-round series, especially when it's like, oh, holy smokes, we won a game, great. Oh, Mm -hmm. holy smokes, we lost a game. Uh, Now there's only one game left. Like Crazy breakneck stakes in that first-round playoff series. Game three, of course, naturally has to go to overtime. Where were you when Alex Nylander scored the winning goal? Because I know where you ended up. You had one heck of a celebration, but what was your, your vision? How did you see that whole thing play out? What were your, your first thoughts? Well, that whole first round was kind of a roller coaster. Yes. You know, winning first game, and then 
I couldn't play a game too. I was suspended. That's right. So that that hurt even more. Yeah. Not playing. Um, and I I was just really relieved because we were up three one, probably a minute and a half left. I can't remember, and I was on the ice for both the goals to you tie were. it. Oh no. So um, I would have been really mad if we would have won that game. So when when Neil scored, I was just so relieved. That's probably why my reaction is a little over the top. Well, that's the thing. Everybody is obviously over the moon yeah. that we're winning this game. See you later. You guys are going home. We're moving on to the next round. But you just had this particular just like jubilation yeah. on your face, jumping in the pile, even like skating around after the fact when the pile breaks. You mm -hmm. just you looked like you were so amped. Yeah, and we, we had a really good group last year, and same with this year oh, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, every year I've been with a really good group, but you just don't want that to end. And you, you never know what can happen. You win one round, and you never know what could happen from there. So. Yeah. Catch fire, another team has to deal exactly. with some call-ups, but like... So we just wanted to keep the train rolling, so that's another reason why. Yeah, that's, uh, it was definitely a, a fun run yep. last year that mm -hmm. the, the, the Penguins went on. A game that will live on in Wilkes-Barre-Scranton, Penguins lore too. Ooh. That game three on home ice, OT, GWG, an absolute uh, thrill. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. See you later, Hershey. We'll see you next year. And we already have plenty of times, and we will continue to see them plenty more, including uh, this upcoming weekend as of time of recording. You mentioned the great room that the, the guys had last year. It seems like it's a, a really cohesive group this year, not just on the ice, but off the ice particularly. It just seems like everyone's always in a good mood. Everyone's getting along. Not much time to really get to know each other, need time to get to know each other. It just seems like everyone's all together, one group. However... Grudes, your teammates may have put you in the soup a little bit here. Oh, come on. What we do is we have the previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. So they do not know who they are asking this to, okay? But I say it can be about anything in the world. And this time they are truly testing the limits of we can talk about whatever we want. I will warn you now, this might be the very last episode of the World's Greatest <laughs> Grades of Penguins podcast. But before we get to the, the dangerous one, I have to actually apologize to our, our fans, our listeners. I biffed it. I screwed up. Last episode, our first episode of the season, I forgot to get a question from the last episode's guest from the prior season. We went so long, and we had such a great conversation last time that it completely slipped my mind. So, Grudes, you get the daily double. You're getting two questions left by previous episodes' guests. I'll start wow. with the first one here. Hit me. Take a deep breath. Center yourself. Think about this as long or as short as you want. But one of the questions that has been left for us here is, who is the greatest Swedish hockey player of all time? I've been told this is not an open-ended question, that there's a correct answer to this. I feel like that's up for debate. But, Jonathan Gruden, who is the greatest Swedish hockey player of all time? I'm going to say Borg Salming. Whoa, there's a blast from the past. Yeah. What, what is it about uh, Salming that tickles your fancy? I mean, I obviously never saw him play, but I've seen some highlights and just the way he skated and all-time leading points for defensemen in franchise history for the Toronto Maple Leafs. For the Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs, which is a storied right. franchise history. Mm -hmm. I feel like when people talk about the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs outside of Toronto, they don't talk about Salming enough. No. I mean, you could say uh, Matt Sundin, too. Matt Sundin, another Leaf. But I'm going to go with Sal Salming. That was not the correct answer. So I've been told. What's the correct the answer? The correct answer is apparently Peter Forsberg. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty you could nasty. say that. Yeah. Now... I didn't, before, once again, I realized that there was a correct answer to this. I'm sure you can probably guess who, who left that question behind. Was it Hollander? Yeah. Well, yeah. that was real tricky. <laughs> um, but I was like, what about Nicholas Lidstrom? 
Yeah, like oh, I should know that being from Detroit. I should. Oh I should yeah, know Michigan that. guy too. Didn't even think Nick of that. Lidstrom, the perfect human. Yeah, that guy was something else, even into his deep thirties. Like, yeah, it was oh, he's crazy. I grew up seeing him. No, I don't, he was unbelievable. You grew up a Wings fan? I did. Yeah, yeah. So you must have watched the uh, what oh eight and oh nine battles between Pittsburgh and Detroit. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say here, I wasn't a fan when of course Crosby, not. when he beat my uh, <laughs> my Wings. That one hurt. I mean, beating the year before that was fine, but. A beating that him before w- that was fine. That was uh, that's that stung. Yeah, that uh, that seems to be the like people who are Pittsburgh fans tend to look back on it like, wow, how great were those series? Because the Penguins won the rematch, yeah. and we never really got a rubber match. And talking to Detroit fans, they're always like, that stunk. Awful. Even though the series were were epic and mm-hmm. all timers, nope, because the Wings lost the second one. Detroit people don't remember them quite as fondly as the exactly. folks in Pittsburgh. They got the last laugh, yeah. and then two more after that. So and two more after that, they're laughing pretty pretty good. Yeah, we've we've had our chuckles yeah. in the Steel City mm-hmm. here and there. But that's a you're going with a, with Salming. I am best Swedish hockey player yeah. of all time. I unfortunately have to tell you that you're wrong, even though I don't necessarily think that's a correct or incorrect question. But now I'm going to have to give you the tough one here. All right. Hit me. And like I said, I say it can be about anything in the world. Oh, here we go. So strap in, buddy. Jonathan Gruden. The question that was left for you is, what do you think happens when we die? Go to heaven. So you're saying... You believe in an afterlife. Yes. Okay. And there was a follow-up question provided. Since you believe in heaven, what does that what does that look like to you? Just is it the the white place. pearly gates that have been yes. storied? Like what what is what goes Clouds, on in your mind? Sunny. Okay. You know, everyone that passed before you was right there waiting for you. Family members, yep. friends, dogs, anyone. A paradise. Yes, you could say that. We we were gonna say like this this has the potential to get. Or you, incredibly dark. You live a different life after that. Maybe you're thinking, is that well, possibly? Yeah. Do Do you believe that if there is a it's reincarnation of someone, a, a potential of a paradise, is there an inverse? No. Or do you believe everyone can be redeemed? Everyone can be redeemed to uh, heaven. And there's a hell too. People so, so you there. do believe there is an op- yeah. opposite. That's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you think like, hey, you got to make sure you're you're one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Because there's, yeah. there's bad stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, who asked that? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you curious as, as to who went into this yeah. existential debate yes. over the existence of, of life after death, whether it is there or not? What does it look like to you? I, I That was the last question I thought I was getting today. Well, if you want to know who left that for you, Groods. I would encourage you and all of our listeners to go back into the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast archives located on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins website. Yeah. Awesome. Go back, check out those old episodes. I think you handled that quite well because, like I said, that could have taken a turn, but you yeah, were not thrown off ugly. at all. No. You were dialed in, focused. You were ready for anything. I'm not sure if you anticipated that coming. Not you said that all. was the last question you thought no, you'd ask. I was ready for about anything, and that's what I got. Yeah. So. You you got anything. You rolled up your sleeves, and you go, here's what I think. I'm laying it out there mm-hmm. for you. And that is the risk that we run here whenever I ask the previous episode's guest to just say, hey, blind question. So they didn't know they were giving it to you, I should say. It's not like, hey, yeah, like, yeah. I got Groods coming on. Oh, you really, really want to stick it em. to them? Yeah, no, it's like, leave it as wide open as you want. We've gotten trivia questions before where there is actually a correct answer, not like 
yeah. who's the best Swedish hockey player of all time. Mm-hmm. It's been wide open. You got two. That's right. You yeah. got the daily double. I know. Passed with flying Lucky colors. Guy. Lucky guy. Lucky guy. Love it, Groots. Love it. Uh, we're going to talk to Eddie Murphy in a little bit here, but Jonathan Gruden, I uh, wanted to ask you about one of your teammates that you got here, uh, an old friend of ours from the podcast, and that is Kyle Olsen. You guys are always joking around, Roommate. palling around. You sit next to each other uh, in the locker room. You guys say roommates here. Mm-hmm. And you guys have built quite a chemistry on the ice. Now, this season, you guys haven't always been on the same line, but it always seems like when 44 and 39 are on the ice together, it's trouble for the other team. How has your uh, friendship and on-ice chemistry with Kyle Olsen been able to develop here in your time here with the with the club? Because you both share, like, once again, third-year pros. First yeah. season was that pandemic-shortened season and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's the last three years consecutively, it's been me, him, and – and Drew O'Connor, he's been has he's been up with Pitt a couple of times, yeah. but um, yeah, we came in pros at the same time and just kind of hit it off from there. I've no clue who he was before from the Western League. I never played him. Yep. Um, but he's just a great kid, and it's it's a pleasure playing with him. And my third year here, I probably played I want to say ninety percent of the games with with Oli ninety five, probably. I mean, if I haven't. Dug back into the old I game sheets either. to find out either. You but if, if but if it was legitimately ninety five, I'm not arguing with yeah. that at all because it really did feel like it. I'm just, I'm I'm gonna say ninety percent of the games I played with him. And at this point, we just I mean we need to be talking out there. But at this point, we just know where we're gonna be, especially in the penalty kill. We know where to go, when to go, when to stop, when to hold. I mean, it's it's really easy playing with him. It becomes know? second nature at right. that point. And it's it's easy when. Cause we all, all we obviously always had the same guy like on the left side too or right whatever he's playing, and it's 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 so nice that whoever's playing with us can just join us easily too. I think yeah. that's another good reason like how we're effective and no matter who we're playing with, we can keep playing the same way. And the guy that joins our line just buys into can that. add into the right. mix. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We've got our package here. Yeah. Come along for the ride. Whatever mm-hmm. you can you can sprinkle into right. the recipe here. Yeah. As I mix metaphors. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean. We've you know done a good job last three years, and it's really awesome playing with him. The uh, the second half of last season, which we talked about before, how this team was just picking up wins at a breakneck pace. Uh, the penalty kill also went through a, a great resurgence in the second half of the season. I think it was Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and Stockton had the two best penalty kills in the calendar year of of twenty twenty two. And I didn't even consider for a moment that you and Oli were were often out there together, not only at five on five, but also on the penalty kill. Do you think you guys building that chemistry, constantly having that rapport night after night, may have helped play into the penalty kill, kind of turning things around in the second half of the season? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, then there's things too that we kind of changed with the kill, which I think bettered our our personnel more. Yeah, and I think me and Oli just bought in that and did a really good job at. And it's. You know, it's not easy going out there and, you know, blocking those shots and doing the dirty work, but it's it's what you need to win games. It's it's rewarding work, even if it leaves some some bumps and bruises. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're walking away with the win afterwards, you can give a couple yeah. fist pumps on the bus mm-hmm. after yeah, the fact. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, – I, I know we've talked about it now practically ad nauseum between on the broadcast and here on the podcast, but what a ride it was second half of last season, and you and uh, Kyle Olsen, two, two main contributors and the way the Penguins uh, formed their identity – got back into the fight, got into the playoffs, beat those gosh darn Hershey Bears, and now it's great to see you guys uh, tearing it up again here uh, with the Wilkes-Barre Granta Penguins in 2022-23. Groots, 
really, really appreciate you taking uh, time out of your day here, being so generous with your time, because these are not the standard five-minute interviews that I like to put together for our intermissions on the radio here. These are more in-depth conversations, so I really appreciate it when uh, you and your teammates take your time out of your day to do this. But before we wrap things up, Grudes, there's one more thing I'm going to need from you. What's that? we got to go to our final segment of the show. That's Penn's Picks. Penn's Picks. Grudes, it's at this point in every episode where I ask my guest for a recommendation that you can give the fans. It can be anything you want, whether it's uh, a great meal you enjoyed lately, something that just raises your spirits every time you see it, interact with it, whatever it may be. I'm not going to pigeonhole you to anything, but if there's any recommendation you can give the fans... Now is your time. What is your pen's pick? Got to go one, just one pick. You can do however many you want. We have, uh, including already this season, we've had multiple pen's picks. Yeah, I'm going to give two, two dinner recommendations. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Food's always popular. Let's go. Yeah, that's, we take the pride in that, too. That's <laughs> going to help the guys. So. Um, I'll give one is uh, Pazzo, Italian restaurant. I know this. I've never been there. Where is it? It's, help me out. Um, Pittston, DuPont, between there. It's off the high, off the highway. I know highway. exactly what you're talking about. What's yeah. that little highway to the side of, uh, like, what's uh, the casino on? What road? What, oh. 315? Highway 315? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we'll it's We'll say on. yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> I think <laughs> we'll it, it's on that. that. It's right by, uh, off the DuPont exit. I know. I can see it now. I can see, yeah. like, the storefront and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good spot. Really good. Yeah. Really good Italian food. Pasta guy? Are you I like am. a pregame pasta? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pasta chicken. Do you have a specific dish that you go for when you're a positive or are you switching it up every time uh you like to switch it up switch it up it's so good you want to try some try it all and then um harvest is a restaurant in music yes i am familiar with harvest right by the uh movie the theater movie theater because maybe we'll go there after the movies but yeah if we didn't have enough popcorn exactly <laughs> what other stuff we put in our body but no those are two good restaurants that we've uh we've been going to a couple for a couple of years now harvest actually a great shell too as much mm-hmm. as we've talked about uh nutrition and making sure you're not yep. putting complete trash into your body mm-hmm. be easy to fall into that trap at the movies yeah. all the snacks that they have yeah, at the bar, yeah, all the soda try to, try no, save your appetite for turn harvest the, turn the other way <laughs> turn the, the other way go to water harvest. and go maybe a small pack of popcorn and enjoy the movie enjoy the movie and then hit up harvest afterwards yep. for the, the the good stuff exactly the good stuff mm-hmm. well, that's good i like that yeah. uh Groots, i'm gonna follow your lead here uh when it comes to uh food recommendations I can't believe this guy has never found his way into the Pens picks before. We have talked about him a lot. We have talked about his contributions to this team, to this front office so many times, but he has never gotten the shout-out on Pens picks. Talk about Chef Steve. Oh, Roots. unbelievable. Chef Steve is I'm, that guy. He's the guy. He's that guy. And we've done these these shows for so long. We've talked about Chef Steve. We've even had Penn's picks about some of the stuff Chef Steve makes, but never actually given Chef Steve the nod. So I will talk about Wilkes-Barre's Granted Penguins executive chef Steve Shepard provides breakfast and lunch to the players on all the practice days, breakfast, lunch, and dinner on game days. He even cooks up lunch for the front office, even when we're in the off season. He's still giving everyone out here, all the ticket reps, all the corporate sponsorship people, all of us in Creation Station, lunch five days, four days a week. Dude, like So he's unbelievable, isn't he? This guy's the king. He is. This guy's the king. He's a real MVP. Yeah. Real MVP and he even has the the reheat and eat meal service, which has been an absolute humdinger 
uh, for him. It certainly keeps him busy, as if the guy didn't need any more work taking care of the front office and the players all the time. But those meals that the people order online on the Penguins' website, pick them up, the same meals that you guys get, like post-game or after practice or something like that, this guy wears the crown. He's unbelievable. We're he's, so so fortunate to have him. Yes. Yeah. He's a he's an NHL chef and we get treated like we're in the NHL and that's that's why this organization is top notch. Unbelievable. I mean I am going to ask you like do you can you pick a favorite meal that he does cuz I I mean I will be here all day if I can just pinpoint one. Okay. Um I am I'm not sure if my well okay. Let me roll that back because we have talked about favorite chef Steve Meals on this show before but once again he's never actually gotten the Pens pick. The ribs are fantastic. Unbelievable. We had that last week, I think. Yeah, very so recently. Um, I'm not sure if they're all the way at my number one. The bison meatloaf is another one that whenever I see him roll that out on a tray, I go like, oh, man, here we go. So good. But also, um, this is going to sound weird, especially because it's not like my number one, but there's just something about his creamy risotto. Oh, yeah. When he whips up the risotto where I'm like, this is the bomb. Yeah. Put this with anything, whether it's a fish or a chicken or something else whenever i see the creamy risotto i'm like oh, it's a good day so chef steve good. made his risotto so good coming off the ice long practice tired and you see the creamy risotto just makes your day all that much better <laughs> now you're you're floating on those yeah, clouds exactly. in heaven. you got a little taste of it there mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly do you have a favorite can you pinpoint one or are we going to be here all day are we going to have an hour extension i'll say the rack of lamb's really good yes the flank steak I mean, with the chimichurri sauce on top, it's so The chimichurri good. sauce is a favorite. Yeah. That is something the I will say. The guys in the room love it. I will say that for, for fans that check out the reheat and eat every now and then, when you see a dish has, like, with chimichurri sauce, don't be like, ooh, I don't know if I like that. I'm not sure if I'm going to get that. That's the one that you pound. You yeah. say, yes, I will take one, four, ten, like, just get as many as you can. Yeah. Because that is a locker room staple. Yeah, and then, like, today we had wings, you know, Nice little treat. Probably have some buffalo soft still on my cheeks. My, <laughs> no, you're all clean, buddy. Yeah, am I good? But that's why that's Stuff why we're on the podcast. You could be a mess right now, exactly. and I tell people like, "Oh man, this guy looks I so know. good after eating a yeah. bunch of chicken wings." Yeah, and they were grilled wings too. So grilled, you gotta gotta keep them flats, drums, whatever. You yeah, name it. it was nope. with oh, it was so good. Yeah, don't so have to good. fry them up and all that grease or anything. No, no. Yeah. keep it clean. Exactly, but still delicious. Hundred percent. Yeah. So now that we've uh, pumped his tires enough, yeah. I guess that uh, that's a wrap on the Jonathan Gruden episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Gruden, thanks again for, for taking the time. We really appreciate it, pal. This is awesome. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, best of Thank luck you. to you the rest of the season, the rest of uh, what I'm sure is going to be a long and fruitful career here. We see you tearing it up out there on the ice for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins so often. It's a very admirable game, and I love the fact that I get to call a lot of Jonathan Gruden action. Big ups to you. Got to apologize to Eddie Murphy. Couldn't get to him on today's podcast maybe next time we'll have a little bit more time for the snl legend but that'll do it for this episode of the wilkesbury scranton penguins podcast so i will bid you adieu and see you again when we return in two weeks have a good one folks the wilkesbury scranton penguins podcast is recorded live in front of no studio audience